my wife and I are sitting in bed. Uh, it's probably about one, two in the morning, maybe on a weekday. Uh, we have to get up the next day for work, which I'm just thinking, man, the days where I chose to stay up late instead of having to stay up late. Oof. Anyways, so we're staying up late and we're throwing around some names. We're looking at uh, looking on Google and on Pinterest for um, for baby names. We're about seven weeks in uh, into our pregnancy, into her pregnancy. I'm not pregnant. She is. Um, we're about seven weeks in and uh, and we're throwing around names. And we had a name picked out, of a good name picked out for uh, for a girl. So we, we love the name, and uh, and so we picked it, and it was it was perfect, it's perfect fit. Um, but we didn't have a name for a boy, and we didn't know, you know, what it was going to be out of the womb. So we had to come up with some names for a boy, and um, sit in bed. We're bouncing around names. How about this name? How about that name? How about this name? None of them really stuck. And uh, it, this isn't my joke. This is a comedian that I heard. N- you don't know how many people you hate until you go to name your baby and uh, and you can't find a name that that doesn't bring back some horrible memory about how you were bullied or how you had a boss named that and uh so we just we kept bouncing back and forth back and forth and then it finally got to a point where it was like 2 30 in the morning we were both exhausted and we just couldn't get to sleep because we were so excited we started uh hucking out names like i don't know octavius and uh and just weird names that you know we would never name our kid um not that you know if there's any octavius is listening i apologize for that um but started throwing back names and i was playing at the time i was playing uh god of war the video game um if you've played god of war there is a character by the name of atreus so i thought haha why don't we name him Atreus? And my wife goes, Hey, this is Mo. Welcome back to the Potty Mouth Parenting Podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you for the engagement that I'm getting on these first few episodes. Are you kidding me? Um, you know, it's 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 slow going, but I'm not really putting a whole lot of effort into this. I'm just kind of blasting it out and whoever wants to listen can listen. But I'm getting some pretty good feedback. This is really good, guys. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the time you spend with me listening to my ridiculous stories and listening to how I am a first-time parent and I really don't know what I'm doing. And apparently that resonates with a lot of you. Um, so thank you again. Thank you for joining me. I want to talk about three things. The name of this episode is back rubs, aversions, and the God of War. What do those three? What do those? What do those three things have in common? Well, absolutely nothing, except for our pregnancy, or I guess my my wife's pregnancy, and how we dealt with it. I'm going to go into some personal stories, and I'm going to go into why I chose these three things that kind of represent different things within the pregnancy. I'm not going to be giving advice, you know how I feel about that, but I'm definitely going to be going through what we went through and touching on those on these topics so that maybe if you're listening out there, you know that you're not alone in what's going on. And a little bit, a little bit of, dare I say, um, knowledge that we found that worked for us and what we thought that, hey, Later on in, our preg- in, in her pregnancy, in the pregnancy, we uh, I thought, hey, maybe we should have concentrated a little more on that. And hey, I'm going to pass down some information. And if you want to listen to me, definitely, you know, do do your do your bidding, do do whatever you'd like. But you don't have to listen to me, obviously. Psh, who am I? Anyway, so why is it called back rubs, aversions, and the God of War? 
Well, here's the thing. They stand for three different things. Back rub, back rubs start, uh, stand for self-care and their care, obviously. Aversion stands for being flexible, making sure that you're never in one place for too long and you're kind of moving around with the situation, aversions. And the god of war is be prepared and also don't fuck around with names you're not willing to name your child. So don't throw that out there. I am not saying that Atreus was a bad name. I have a very, very, very good friend who named his son Atreus. Thing is, it wasn't for me. And with my last name, it kind of wouldn't fit. So nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with the name Atreus. I think it's an, it's a great, powerful name. And I think that it's a good name for my friend's child. It just wasn't for me. No judgment at all. I love my friend to death. I love his new son to death. I love his wife to death. So obviously I'm not judging. But I'm, I want to step into this a little bit and kind of tell some stories as to what these topics mean to me and how we reacted to these to these certain topics and how we kind of dealt with these topics and uh, and touch on it a little bit. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because, hey, I'm recording this at night and uh, my, my daughter is sleeping and my wife wants to go to bed and I kind of do too. So I'm going to do a really quick recording and uh, have this out for you guys as soon as possible. So back rubs. Um, back rubs for me. So things are going to become difficult. Um, the, the midnight wake ups, the, the constant feedings. Did you know? Well, obviously you did. If you're listening to this, you probably know already, but your child is going to wake up to feed a lot for the first couple months. So you're supposed to be feeding your child every few hours and you don't count and I want to say it's three hours. I think it is three hours, but you don't count the three hours. Like if you if you if you start feeding, and this is you know dependent on whether your wife is going to be breastfeeding or whether you're going to be you know uh, using formula. Um, you don't start at the end of each feeding between feedings. You don't feed for three hours, and then at the end of that. So if you start feeding at one o'clock and they're finished by like one forty-five in the morning, you don't start the clock at one forty-five. You start that clock at one and it's three hours from one o'clock from the moment you start feeding to the next feeding. That's three hours. So if they feed for 45 minutes, if they feed for an hour, you got about two hours to settle some affairs and then get back to feeding. They're obviously growing. Their, their brain is growing. Their things, Everything's developing. They get the nutrition and all everything that they can from, from the bottle and from the milk. So yeah, they're going to be feeding a lot. That, that's just a side fact for you. But um, so for me, like it was a very big change from where I was coming from, which was, you know, a very solid, solitary existence um, where, you know, nothing was attached to me for more than, you know, a couple minutes at a time. And I usually just shucked it off um, to having something attached to me and to my wife forever. And it was quite the process of coming into that realization because I am a very um, a, a very solitary person. And so like, and this is no joke. Like I, I'm, I'm like more or less pretty antisocial and I'm, I'm an introvert. So that introvert itself, when I'm around people for too long, it's exhausting. And, uh, and I have to kind of reset, come back to myself and recharge. And that's how I recharge is alone 
I don't even have to, you know, I don't even have to be doing anything. I'm literally just, I could be sitting in the dark somewhere and just not doing anything. And that that's me recharging because it's just that exhausting. Um, not that I'm weird or anything. Am I? I don't know. Is there people out there that are, do the same thing? Let's hope there is. I mean, the memes say they are. But anyways, so for me, there was a big change coming um, with this, with a new baby and with having something around me all the time. And so I knew that was going to be a thing and I had prepared myself for it. But you kind of want to, or I really wanted to um, invest a little more time in in ourselves and in myself. So we had a lot of massages. We, I mean, I had just gotten a job that gave me benefits. So we had a lot of back rubs and we took care of ourselves. So for me, back rubs stands for um, self-care, taking care of yourself, going to massages, going out on dates. Um, for me, it was very much like I, I, was, I was planning different things and we were doing different things and little adventures that we were going to be going on to kind of live ourselves, li- live our lives just a little more us before something, somebody else came in and we had to live for them. I was having a conversation recently with, uh, with a, a, a coworker of mine that, um, you know, you don't really understand and you don't really identify that, um, that this is like, this is a thing that's going to, like, I mean, his, his exact words was, here's this little potato and, uh, and this little potato doesn't really do much until it, you know, gets a little bit older and then the potato starts to walk and then the potato starts to go and then you just kind of raise it from there and then it moves out. So, I, I mean, that's a really simplistic way of, of thinking, but I mean, when you're, when you're not accustomed to, to a child, you really just think like, how hard could it be? How hard? I mean, the people on TV do it and like, you know, the people who are on Jerry Springer do it. How hard can it be? Jerry Springer, is that guy still around? Anyways, whatever. So, you know, you think you, you think to yourself, like, how hard could it be? It's, it's effing hard. It's fucking hard. It's crazy hard. I almost didn't swear. Like I'm like censoring myself as if I don't know what this podcast is called. So it's fucking hard. It's hard to be able to tend to a child, to be able to like uh, come and wake up. And I remember like sitting in bed, um, like I'm the type of person that once I'm awake, I'm awake and I'm awake for like a while. I know that there's like guys out there and women out there that can like, they wake up, they do what they need to do. They go to the bathroom or whatever, and then they go back to sleep. I can sometimes do it by and large. If I'm up, I'm up and I'm up for a long while. So when I was getting up to kind of like, um, go and take care of the baby, I would get up and I would, you know, take care of the baby. I would change it and whatever needed to be done. And then I'd be up for like four hours in the middle of the night because I couldn't go back to sleep. And no matter how many nights I did this, it was the same thing. I'd get up, I'd take care of her and I'd, you know, change her or whatever needed to be done. And then I'd go back to bed and I'd lay awake for four hours. And that's exhausting. So that was a thing that I had to get used to. I had to get used to like, you know, um, getting up and, and taking care of her. But I, if I haven't mentioned, my wife is basically better than yours. Um, just kidding. Um, my wife is amazing. And I was, I had just started a new job at the time. Um, I was a few months into the new job and she knew I only had a week off because the job like allowed me to take a week off, which I'm very grateful for. And then after that, I was back to work full time. And I was lucky enough that my wife kind of just hiked up her socks and said, don't worry about it. 
you get the rest that you need and you take care of her when you get off of work. And it worked. Like she slept, you know, and she slept when I was awake and, you know, I, she let me sleep. And it was incredible. My wife is incredible. I, my wife is, is amazing. So I was lucky enough to have that in my life. And so there's some people out there who are not lucky enough to have that. Some people are single parents or some people, you know, a single mother or a single father that do this alone. And I feel for you, man. I feel for you because that was, that was honestly the first three months are the hardest part for me in, in, in that you're adjusting with somebody in your life 24 seven, you're adjusting to no sleep. You're adjusting to eating. There's a fire truck going outside my window. Bye you're adjusting to, to, you know, how you eat, you're adjusting to different things. You're not sleeping much. I don't know how I'm still employed after those first three months of the baby being around because I had no sleep. And even when I was sleeping, like my wife was allowing me to sleep, I was still like, I was still in the back of my head. I was like, this is child. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't like, you know, like what the hell am I supposed to be doing? So I would stay up until three, four in the morning and I'd have to be up at, you know, seven for work. I'd stay up super late and uh and and just like think about like this this child that i'm now supposed to like take care of so for the first three months i was basically a zombie my wife and i were both zombies and we were both exhausted and and that's hard and that's really really difficult another thing you have to adjust for is your mentality around these things around crying and adjusting to certain things so when i first when and this is this is very wrong of me um, it's not very wrong. It's just to each their own, whatever. But I wanted to do what I now know as sleep training. So I wanted to let the baby cry it out because that's what you do, right? Like as a parent, that's what you do. You let the baby cry it out and you just let them cry and cry and cry until they settle themselves. Guess what? Motherfuckers, babies can't soothe themselves. They, they cannot self-soothe. If you haven't listened to Dr. Kristen Summer, Dr. Kristen Summer. Google that shit. She's an, you know what? She's my chief aim for this podcast. I want to have Dr. Kristen Summer on this podcast to talk to her. She has such amazing insight in child psychology and child development and child behavior. And and I have learned more from her TikTok and her Instagram than I ever have in my entire life. She is incredible. And she says sleep training is no bueno, ladies and gentlemen. No bueno. A child cannot soothe themselves. I'm not sure of the exact science. I'm not going to give you numbers. I'm not going to give you ages. I don't know fuck all. But I'm telling you, she has done her studies. And there is, there is a, there's studies done that babies who self-soothe, quote unquote, are actually reaching a point of... Uh, of, of exhaustion of like central nervous system system exhaustion so do you know like you know when you're when you have a long week and uh, you're completely emotional for the entire week and you're completely drained and at the end of the week anything makes you cry like somebody drops some a fry in a parking lot and you just break down crying in your car because you just cannot handle it that's just that's a sense of like that's a uh a feeling of central nervous exhaustion. You're just exhausted to the point where you're just, anything is going to make you cry. So you just sleep and you just crash and like your body shuts down. This is what a baby from her studies goes through when you sleep train. 
letting them cry it out is actually quite bad for them. They fall asleep, finally, because they are completely exhausted. They have completely exhausted themselves to the point where they need to fall asleep because their body is protecting them from any further damage. And so this is, these are studies that have been done. And this is stuff that I've like now like taken in and read. So at the beginning, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to cry them out because, you know, they can't get used to being held. And people who say, oh my God, people who say, oh, a baby's just going to manipulate you until you come and pick it up. It's just manipulating you. Bitch, who hurt you? Babies can't manipulate. They're not born with the instinct to manipulate. They're born to the instinct with the instinct to stay the fuck alive. And crying is that instinct kicking in and telling you, hey, I need something. I need milk. I need a change. I need to be held. I need to be held. Could you imagine if these babies could speak and they're just sitting in the crib going, can you please hold me? Can you please hold me? Can you please hold me? And you're just sitting in your bed going, no, don't worry, they'll stop. Oh, that thought, it like literally brings tears to my eyes. So at the beginning, I was like, no, you know, we can't pick it up. It's going to be, you're, she's going to be like used to coming, you know, to being picked up whenever. They're not, that's not how babies operate. So we stopped that. I, at first I was like, you know, it's going to happen. And then the more research we did and the more you learned, hey, normalize changing your opinion about some shit, Right. The more we learn and the more we read and the more we discovered things, the more we said sleep training is a crock of fucking shit and I'm not going to do it because it's absolute bullshit and it's harmful to my child. And it also, I don't know how this works. Again, I'm not a doctor. Please stop listening. I mean, don't stop listening, but just don't listen to me and do your own research. Like there's, there's, there's an attachment that comes with a, a secure attachment that comes with coming, coming to your baby to be able to pick it up when they're crying. And there's a secure attachment that builds inside of their head. It tells them, Hey, like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. And guess what? I am now almost 12 months in my child's like one year old. She will stay with anybody we put her, like we, we, we like put her with. We, give her to my mom, my, 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 um, my, my wife's aunt and she stays with her. She smiles when she sees people. She goes to people automatically. She's the most social person in this household. I am antisocial. My wife is a little less antisocial, but still quite antisocial. My daughter is going to be, she's, she's going to, she's like, she's going to have to go out alone because we're not going to want to go out with her as much as she wants to like visit with people. So you know what? I, I don't, I don't know, but it, there's something, there's a science behind it, and I'm all for it. So that got a little off track. So what I was talking about was <laughs> was back rubs and self-care. So there's all these changes come to happen, and there's all these changes that are coming your way like a fucking runaway freight train. And what you want to do is you want to treat yourself. I Again, I'm not giving advice. I, was, I, was, I have to be very careful about how I say things because I don't want to be giving advice. What I did with my wife was take care of ourselves. Went out for dates, had some back rubs, went to the massage parlor, massage parlor, Jesus, went to the massage therapist and, uh, and and took care of ourselves because there's a big change coming. And I think for some, it's scarier than others. For others, they're super prepared for it um, or as prepared as you can be, I guess. So that's, that's, that's what back rubs is for me. Aversions. Aversions are a funny thing. If you don't know what an aversion is, you will find out if this is your first child. Aversions are basically your wife's brain going, I used to like this thing that I used to eat. My wife, For my wife, it was barbecue. And all of a sudden, your brain goes, 
fuck no, I don't even want to smell it. I tell you right now that when I barbecued, I would wear a hat or a toque, wear a hat or a toque, and I would put my hair in that hat or toque. I would wear clothes that I wasn't super attached to and or didn't want to be in for a very long time. And I would go out and I would barbecue my meat, whatever that was, and I would stay outside. And I would stay outside in like, we, we she was pregnant um, a little bit through the summer, the tail end of the summer and into the winter. I would stay outside and barbecue because I could not come inside. The smell of barbecue set her off. She would just sit there and gag. I couldn't eat barbecue around her. The smell made her gag. So I would be out there and I would like bar- do my thing, barbecue. And she would leave the kitchen or leave the room. And I would come in. I would undress, take my hair out, make sure it didn't smell like barbecue. And I would put on something different, something clean because she could not smell it. It's it's It gets this bad. A, f- uh, a co-worker of hers. <laughs> this is a funny story. This is not my story to tell, but I thought it was pretty funny. A co-worker of hers, um, uh, her his wife was pregnant as well, uh, in and around the same time that my wife was pregnant. And he he told her that one day he was she was just sitting in the kitchen, and all he, all he could hear was, and he goes, "What's going on?" And she goes, "I'm thinking about me, and it's making me want to puke." That's how bad aversions can be sometimes. Like you think about a food and you just like throw up. So aversions for me are flexibility, flexibility in kind of what I had to do, what I had to like prepare as a food or what I had to like adjust to and be ready to think on your toes. I'm not like, I'm telling you, it's, you have to think quick. Um, Certain things, you know, that she's, she used to like, or she used to love all of a sudden she don't like no more. She don't love no more. And the meat thing, the meat aversions, anything that to do with uh, steak or chicken or anything like that, that was right off the bat. She could not do it. She could not eat meat, but certain things like eggs, eggs at the beginning, she couldn't do. Then at the end, she could do. So it was like a different thing. Um, shrimp, shrimp at the beginning, she couldn't do shrimp. I remember one time we were driving home uh, one day from uh, like a friend of ours and she's like, I, I want a shrimp ring. And I was like, okay, like with what? She's like, no, 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 no. Like, like I want just the shrimp ring. So we stopped at a grocery store. We picked up not just a small one, quite a big shrimp ring. And she proceeded to eat three quarters of the shrimp ring by herself, by herself. No, she didn't share, by herself. And that was her dinner. So be ready, like be ready to pivot. Be ready to adjust your lifestyle. Be ready to adjust how you cook. Be ready to adjust how you do things. Be ready to adjust how you eat. Just to keep her comfortable. And this is a little bit of her care as well, right? Because make that second meal. Choose the hill you're going to die on. Se- seriously, just make that second meal. Say yes to that ice cream sandwich. You know, within within reason, of course. Get your exercise as well. It's, it's important to get exercise as well. At least it was for us. But I chose the hill I wanted to die on. I said, hey, I'm not going to say no to certain things, but I am going to say no to, I don't know, like something weird that she wants or something like that. But I rarely said no because you just shouldn't say no because she's doing the hard part and you're just watching her. So fucking do your job. Um, and and that for, that's, that for me, like aversions was a, a big thing. Um, 
so we we adjusted I, I adjusted my eating schedule so that I, I wouldn't put her off and so and, and it teaches you to just be a little bit more open-minded with certain things so that's what aversions is for me that was a little bit of a shorter one but for me for me aversions is like be flexible and be prepared to take care of her because she's going to want certain things and she's going to want things that you know she didn't she doesn't typically have and next week she's going to want something that she didn't want last week and Get ready to do it. Get ready to just just be there for her. Be there for her. She's doing the hard part. So we're sitting in bed and she goes, oh, Atreus. Oh, my God. I love that name. God of War is an amazing video game. It's a great video game. If you haven't played it, it's fantastic. So I'm lucky I didn't say Kratos and just like shout it out. I am the God of War. Or some bullshit like that. She's like, oh, Kratos, that's a great name. It's a powerful name. For me, for me, the third part of this episode, The God of War, is um, be prepared and don't joke around with some names, man. Um, for us, it was, it was quite easy to find a female name, um, mostly because I had it chosen right from the beginning, and she liked it, and I was like, cool, that's what it is, and, uh, and so that was fine, uh, but the male name was really hard to come, on, come by, and um, I felt like I, we, we, threw, we threw a lot of names around, and I joked twice, twice, twice over a name, and uh, both times she completely loved them. One was Ragnar. My wife is Danish. My wife is Danish and Icelandic. My wife is basically a Viking. Um, and when you joke with a Viking about naming a Viking, um, be prepared to just eat those words. Um, I'm I'm not a Viking. I'm I'm very not. I'm brown. I'm I'm Latino. I'm I guess Mayan. I don't know people. I think that's what my people were called. Um, could you imagine a Latino named Ragnar? <laughs> I thought not but uh, hey maybe there are maybe hey if you're if you're a latino named ragnar drop me uh, a, a dm because i think i think we should meet uh, but uh ragnar was the first one and she absolutely loved it and i was like i we cannot have a, a ragnar in the family my parents would lose it and then the other one was was atreus and again not a bad name very nice name but my parents would not go for that name. Uh, I don't even think they could pronounce it, to be honest. But uh, but yeah, so like, don't joke around. But also just prepare yourself and prepare yourself with a name and prepare yourself to be driven crazy by a lot of names. I have uh, my best friend. She's also pregnant right now and she's having the hardest time trying to pick a boy name. And I think it's because men kind of suck. And, uh, and every man you've met has had a name that like you can't stand now. Like, you, like when I when I hear and say the name Chad, like bile comes up. Um, so it's it's one of those things that uh, it just yeah, it's not not a good thing, uh, and and it's hard to kind of pick and weed through the names, right? So yeah. So and so, what do I mean by preparedness and to be prepared? Um, be prepared to be um, put off your game. And be prepared to make, uh, what is it called? Be prepared to 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 meet in the middle with with your with your spouse or significant other. Um, for us, 
it was very difficult to make that adjustment from having no baby to a baby. For me, okay, I lied. It was very difficult for me. <laughs> um, so I, I think for me, and there was a lot of feelings that came with it that were um, scary. Um, you're not doing anything wrong. I wasn't doing anything wrong by having these feelings. I feel like there's sometimes that we're told that we cannot have these feelings or that we cannot um, indulge in these feelings because we need to be tough and we need to be this and we need to be that. I think that's complete and utter bullshit. I think it's that terrifying sinking pit in your stomach um, where you, when you see the baby and you're thinking to yourself, what the fuck am I going to do? That's a That's a perfectly valid feeling. I think that there's nothing to be afraid of. I think that everybody feels it at some point or another. And I think that it's perfectly human to go through these these emotions and these feelings. Um, I'm going to step away from the, the main topic here for a little bit. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how I uh, felt. Um, and just this is just my personal experience, how I felt in the first three months. And I know I've talked a little bit about this before. Um, the first three months are hard. Now let's move to the next three months. The three months, the next three months are much easier. <laughs> Uh, I think that there's, there is an amazing quality of having to watch your child grow up and do things that they were not doing before. Like within a day, they're doing things that they weren't doing before. And I think there's something special in that. And I think there's something amazing in that. So you can be scared right now. And that is those, those feelings are completely valid and completely okay. And I think you should be feeling them. And if you're feeling them to an overwhelming degree, maybe there should be somebody that you should be talking to because these feelings should not last. Because within the, the next three months, six, you know, th I would say five months to about seven, it's just an incredible time where you watch them grow up. After the seven months, it's, I'm trying to think of a better word than magical. Seven to my, like my, my, uh, my daughter is now almost a year old, seven to now have been incredible. I will literally sit in front of a, like a picture of her and just start crying for no fucking reason because she's just that amazing and that beautiful and I miss her that much even though she could be sleeping in the same room. I'm just like, oh my God, this 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 little girl is just the, the love of my life. It's, she's the light of my life. When I hear her laugh, it's just the best sound in the world. When I hear, when I see her smile, it's just an amazing thing. When I'm when I'm come home from work and she goes, dad, 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 and everything's dad, dad, dad. Um, when I, when I hear her say that it's, it's just, an, it's just the most incredible feeling. I cannot stress enough how okay it's going to be after they start growing up a little bit, they're gaining a little bit of more personality and they're kind of like starting to become their own thing and less of a potato. They're, they're becoming something that's, that's, that's a lot you and some of your wife and some of your partner and and those feelings those feelings of like being scared and 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 being terrified of what's coming next those go away and those get better at least for me it did so i didn't want to veer off too far off of the main topic topic but i felt like these are things that i really wanted to bring up and that are really emotions that i really wanted to talk about because i feel like they're very uh they're very important I think like I think that's it. That's it for this episode. It's a very short episode this week. Um, I promise I'll be better next time. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know what? It I wanted to get this out there and to to kind of um, talk about our experiences and how hard things were for us and how okay those feelings are. And moms out there, you guys are superheroes. Um, but dads out there, 
you guys are supporting superheroes, not supporting in like a, you know, a fiscal sense. Come on, it's 2022, one, 2021, 2022, almost 2022. Um, we're not supporting them, but we're, we, we are acting as support for, for them, for our spouses. And, and that's, that's, that's an important role to play. And it's not an easy role to play. I had a very hard time because I was I was always there and now and now I'm always there for another another human. But you know what? It's so fucking rewarding. It's so it's so important and it's such a great feeling to be able to help somebody, isn't it? Isn't it? Is it just me? I mean, I hope it's not just me. I wanted to end this episode with a God of War uh drop of wisdom and a quote that from the game. And as soon as I heard it for the very first time, I was like, this is what I have. This is how I live my life. And I'm going to pass this on to my daughter as well. He goes, boy, expect the worst. Assume nothing and always anticipate an attack. Thanks for joining me, guys. Bye.